podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that... Davey, does... Davey, Davey. What? Oh, it doesn't matter, I forgot about it. Oh, you've hibsed it! So, welcome to Art and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I am your host, and I'm joined this week by the prodigal son, the beast from the east, the man we turn to in times of trauma. Yes, it's Mr Cameron James Bell. David, my good, my good friend, how are you? I am grand, Cammy, how are you? I'm good, mate, I'm good. Champion, one would say. Yeah, very good. Excellent, in fact. I mean, I love that you've got that in already. Um, we're not going to lie here, this pod's going to be a tad triumphant. Uh, uh, boasting. Boasting, boasting, yes, <laughs> and we're, we're quite we're quite open about it. Quite, it's been a good week. Uh, could good be week. capped on a Sunday, absolutely without a doubt. We will come to that, but let's kick off. Uh, I've been away, and for people who say the podcast is sporadic, this season you're correct. Uh, I went on holiday, um, sort of like to help recuperate from my long-standing illness. So apologies for that. I should probably told you, but I forgot. It's been akin to a season. From a team who play in green and white in Edinburgh, where we started well, bit of consistency, and it's all just went to shit. Yeah, injuries took their toll round about Christmas, and uh, actually they can't even say that, can they? We will laugh at Hibs in great detail, and uh, Dundee United will also feature um, quite considerably as well. So we will come to that, but let, let's start off with Rangers, and we'll start off with, well, I, I think probably better to look at the whole season, Cammy, but, but really just what it means to you after after the past four years. So I'm probably one of these fans that see the, the, the championship as a step in the right direction because we always believe that Rangers should be back at the top. Uh, there's been no doubt it's been a very long journey, but uh, a frustrating one as well because I think that what we have been is consistent across the season and if we had... Some glimmer of that last season, we might already be back in the top flight. However, bygones are bygones, uh, and it is—it's uh, a big achievement. Uh, I think the fact that we've we've had a, a relatively competitive league up until probably the turn of the year, uh, and also some progress that we've made domestically in the cups. Then, in all, in all honesty, it can be it can be seen as a, a pretty good achievement all around. The start of the season for me, the the aims were. Promotion by by winning the championship. You know, I know people quite rightly had said that they would take it by hook or by crook. But for me, promotion by winning the championship, winning the petrol fact because it is embarrassing that we hadn't managed to do it. I know it's not the most major tournament in the world, but you've no right to say that as a club if you've not won it, have you? You can hardly no. look down your nose at something that you've you've tried and failed at. So I wanted that on the slate, and then a semi final, one of the other cups. And to be honest, if Sunday was against anybody else, it would be a free hit. But it isn't. It's against them, so it's not. But uh, I, I, that that was my season aim, and to have that achieved so quickly and and really so straightforwardly and so entertainingly has has been absolutely wonderful to watch. The the opening game back in July, which seems a long way ago now, actually, but uh, the 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 opening six two game against Hibs for me put out 
a major statement in terms of what we were planning and doing this season. Yeah, it was. It was a fantastic opening salvo. It just said, look, everything that you've you've thought about us before is gone. We totally it just cleared the cobwebs, didn't it? It just completely said this is a new era. I think I think that we spoke about it in the pod last season, and and obviously we saw that when we saw the car crash that was the final few months of the season, where it was quite clear that the probably the entire squad. Lackadaisical would be the word that you would use to describe them. It would be a kind word we would, to describe them. <laughs> without, without obviously using profanity. <laughs> but for us, it was, uh, we, we, obviously, when you and I spoke about it and all that, it was a case of, you know, we weren't ready for the playoffs against Motherwell. No. Obviously, the result proved that. Um, and to go from that to what we saw against Pibs right at the start of the season as well has been a major change. And and whilst obviously we all love Mark Warburton and and I think he's loving his time at Rangers. I, I know his his family have put up stuff as well about how much that they're falling in love with the club and all that kind of thing as well. But he deserves an enormous amount of credit for the amount of work that he had to do to turn all that around in what was an exceptionally short space of time. Yeah. Um. You can say things like we've been relatively lucky, and I do believe this, we've been relatively lucky with injuries throughout the season. I don't think that we've had too many, you know, squad-depleting injuries at any one time, if that makes sense. I think we've been quite lucky in that yeah, we aspect. Haven't, we haven't had a run of, like, six players missing. From yeah, but in, a, but in actual fact, where I think the key success for us has been and what I'm proudest of is how quickly we've turned that around in the close season. I mean, it was six weeks from his appointment to the first match. Yeah, and uh, and again, it's it's. I, I think it speaks a lot around for him and Davy Weir. Probably, much as we said about the the Hibs game setting the stall out early and all that, he's obviously come in and set an expectation in terms of of where he held his standards. They're obviously extraordinarily high, and the players have to probably rise to meet that. I think a lot of them have. Ninety nine percent of the squad probably, and uh, and then as I say, from that perspective, we were moving in a in a in a, in a linear direction. Uh, which was going to win us the championship, you say, not not go up via playoffs in any other kind of format. I think we were clear from day one that we were going to win that league. I think that, well, to you and I and to most Rangers fans, I, I think that to most Rangers fans, there's a lot of Rangers fans who are, are almost like victims of abuse, who are slowly kind of climbing out of, the, of Mark's dungeon and beginning to see the light again. And I understand this, that they've had so many kicks to the balls that, you know they're, they're very guarded of their balls, and that's that's a, a sensible approach. But I could I, by Christmas when people were saying, you know, Hibs are going to win the league, and, and professional people were saying, you know, in, in the media were saying, oh, I Hibs are the best team we're going to win the league, and I'm like, are you watching a different league to me? You know, I, I just genuinely couldn't see how anyone could say. My view with that Rangers team was by about Christmas, the only thing that can stop us winning the title is us. So this will be the same the same media such as Tom English who said the uh, Hibs were a Premier Club playing in the Championship. Yeah, he said stuck in the Championship. He did at oh, least stuck. get stuck. Right. Sorry, Cause... I beg your pardon. Yeah, uh, very funny when you consider uh, obviously what's happened with them and and they'll be no doubt in the Championship next season. I would dare say. Mm. Uh, but no, you're correct, and I, and I think that that's where um, when you talk about Rangers fans. And, and and the reality of it, I suppose that, that this was where, and I do remember we discussed this previously, 
we were never ever going to win the championship by pumping everyone six 0 No, because you're going to have to go away to Wraith in December, and you're going to have to go up to Aloha and all that, and these kind of places and, and relative shitholes where you, you knew that you're going to have to more or less churn out a result. Yeah. And Rangers fans should know better in that it's great beating Celtic in the league. Um, only to then go away to Kilmarnock and then drop points that you've actually fought so hard for in the, yeah. the old fun game the previous week. So leagues are not won and lost in terms of beating your closest rivals. They're actually won and lost when you're able to get results, even when the tide turns against you. And a couple of months ago, there was a there was a kind of spa who we were going through who we were only winning games one 0 A couple of them were like within the last five ten minutes of the game. Mm. Um, and up until two games ago uh, against the battle, you know, we were we were conceding really heavily. Oh yeah, that, that was a uh, and weird I, run. And, and, and I think that even from that, I, th- I think if I remember rightly, we conceded a total thirty-three percent or whatever it was of our overall goals conceded within three games. Yeah, we did nine and three matches. Nine and three matches, and that's where. So as I say, you need to be able to try and shore that up. You need to be able to try and make sure that you you are trying to be consistent across the season. And Rangers have done that. Rangers have done that. Where um, you know we have matched the fans' expectation of, of, of winning the championship because I think everyone expected that of us with Hearts now out of the way, but we also then had to make sure that we were um, you know providing due diligence to these teams who weren't you know the league toppers who were like Livingston and all that who we drew against last season stuff where we had to go and actually get results against these teams, mm. um, and and again the focus that Warburton and we have been able to provide in that uh, you know we've never taken our eye off the ball. It was interesting. Oh, and that's, that's why we are where we are. It was interesting. Andy Halliday said that this philosophy that Rangers have to keep playing to the end, which I, I think the, the kind of happy authors of that was during the match against Falkirk, the one that Billy King scored the win on the last minute. Well, the crowd were really on them, but they kept doing what they do. You know, they kept knocking it about, knocking it short, looking for opportunities, and eventually got the winner. And people were were saying, you know, oh, they just kept passing the shot and I thought well that's great because Andy Halliday noted the one time this season you'll have seen the game was against Livingston in a one each draw Yeah, was the one time this season he said with, with 20 minutes to go we thought lump it he said and we never created a chance he said you know we, we got the ball into the box just repeatedly but they, we don't have the players um, and we're not set up to play that way and Livingston saw us off really comfortably and I think that that, that was telling Rangers have a confidence in their ability that if they keep doing what they're good at, then goals will come. And to be fair to, to the team and to Mark Warburton, anyone who argues with that ethos should really just look at the goals for column. No, and, and, and it's good because there's a philosophy there where I know that Warburton, when we were coming up to, to, to play uh, in the cup teams teams above us, so we're coming into like Dundee and all that, there was, there was a discussion around you know, do we change formats so that we, we try and defend more rigidly, etc. And, and Warburton from from back to front, Warburton clearly has an ethos uh, and, and an idea in terms of a theme that he wants his team to play to. So, irrespective of the competition, and this is and, and again, this is where Rangers should be: is that we shouldn't change our tactics to suit opposition if we believe that a playing our way is good enough to beat them. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's not about, and, and we've seen that, but we've especially seen it within probably the last four years actually, where what we would do is we would find that. The ticky tacker probably wasn't working that well when we had players who were capable of actually doing something like that. So the last 20 minutes, as you say, when we're chasing the result, it is just long balls up to seeing two centre-halves playing against us who are just clearing their lines constantly, just yeah. doing that for, the, for the, the, the last quarter of the game. So, as I say, if you've got, um, if you've got a working mechanism, um, teams should learn how to defend against it because that's why it's a season, not you know a one-off game. 
Um, I think we saw that. I think we saw um, probably after the first third of the season, I think teams started to wake up to you know attacking fullbacks and trying to stop um, uh, Tavenny and, and, and Wallace bombing forward. Mm-hmm. Could couldn't stop it as much as they would like, but I, I know that they obviously they, they you know they, they did try to tackle that slightly better. So uh, no, as I say, very pleasing to see the fact that we'll continue to play on that theme and and, and as. A, I think that the, the players themselves actually really appreciate that. I don't think it's just Halliday who actually enjoys um, the consistency in terms of how you want to try and approach a game, regardless of who you're playing or where. Yeah, I think that the, the amount of goals in the last 10 minutes have shown you that the, the fitness levels... And it, look, I don't want to sit here and, and you know give Ali a kick in because he's had plenty of them on the show, he's had plenty of them from Rangers fans and he'll probably continue to get them. But you do have to draw that, that comparison that the team has been fitter, or far fitter. I mean, nobody could look at that side and say that they weren't considerably fitter than the team before. Now, you can talk about ability, you can talk about signing policies, and you can talk about the difficulties that, that Ali had to work under as, as people who defend his reign will do. And all of those are valid points, but they don't explain why you're not fit. And that's something that... Rangers have looked like the team this season who've got the training facility for the first time in a three years in the division uh, four, four years sorry in the lower divisions this season Rangers look like uh, they're a full time team with cracking training facilities yeah and, and and you're totally right and I know that there's there's been some talk on um, on social media or on marked website stuff about potentially McCoy's if we were to have a parade Something I brought McCoy's potentially coming back to and all that, and it's kind of got me thinking in terms of doing a, a comparison to where the team are now to where we were virtually in the doldrums this time, kind of last year and stuff. Mm. And and I think it's not just fitness. I think that that's absolutely something to call out. And you're right, we have been able to actually see that. Um, Man United are probably a good a good example of this, where. Alec Ferguson always said Man United got better in the second half of the season, but that was primarily because they had an excellent fitness regime, which would encourage players to ensure that the stamina was there to be able to try and see the game out. And you were doing that in April and May. You were only doing that, you know, in August and September. So I think that we've looked far more professional in that aspect of it. There's another part to it as well, and you're right, we're not going to turn around and bash Ali, but there's a point to this where I feel as if we're far more what's the word vicious I think we're going for the jugular a bit more Yeah. whereas I don't think that existed in, 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 in McCoy's ethos I, I think that we're determined to be able to see out the three points I think we're determined to you know get to the next stage of the cup all that kind of thing where that that is a key focus for the players we're not trying to be nicey-nicey any longer no. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of those frustrations, if you, if you, even if you want to see whether some of those frustrations came out, it was towards the tail end of last season, and especially in the playoffs, where you could just see the, the players were just, just fed up with the whole thing mm-hmm. and just wanted it. They probably wanted the season to be over before we did. Yeah, that, that was the thing. The whole, we were sick of them, they were sick of us. It's not like that now. There is a real bond, as we saw after the Barton match, the wonderful images of Andy Halliday going into the. Uh, BF1 and, and singing with the fans and the, the, the players running about you know there is that bond and we saw it again on Sunday um, the match then the Petrofac final bit of a non-event and that was in terms of a match and that's exactly what I wanted <laughs> because with all due respect to Peterhead that's what it should be like if Rangers play Peterhead in a, a match in Hamden so it was and, and it might sound slightly callous but I'm also quite pleased that it was a heavy scoreline because 
again, I, I didn't want us to be the good guys. I didn't want us to then turn around and go, right, we're 2-0 up after 23 minutes. Let's just sit back. Because I, I did want us to, to try and put out another message of a resounding victory. Not just to say, look, you know, we're in April now. Um, you know, the, the, we're, we're, we've won the championship. Let's take our foot off the gas. No, let's keep going. Let's continue that momentum. And and unfortunately, it was Peter Head. As I say, it could have been any other team. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound blasé with that. But if it had been any other team, I would have wanted exactly the same attitude. The fact that it happened to be Peter Head doesn't mean that we, we should have taken our foot off the gas. And I'm really pleased that we didn't. The only the only regret I've got is is probably Gilchrist, the boy who scored OG right at, right at the, I think it was like 15 minutes into the game. It's a shame for him. I felt quite bad for him because it's a marquee event in his life. Aside from that, couldn't care less. The only other concern I had was, was obviously the pitch itself, which was a disgrace. Mm. Um... I'm sure we'll talk about that a wee bit more, but um, no, as I say, I'm perfectly happy that you know we we went out there, got a result convincingly, um, and continued on with with, with what we were trying to get to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a it was a really good display, and um, it was a nice day. The Rangers fans were there, the sun was shining, and uh, as I say, it was good to get the monkey off the back. And I also go back to the thing about winning your first trophy. Um, I watched the the Nottingham Forest DVD about uh, you know their European Cup winning team. On the cloth. Yeah, I believe in miracles. It's called it's a great great movie if you get the chance to watch it. Even if you're not a Forest fan, it's just it's a fantastic football documentary. And I got the book um, that that sort of accompanied it. And what was really interesting was Clough was talking about at Forest they won the Anglo Scottish Cup, right? Which I know will have some nightmare connotations for older bears who remember the word Chesterfield, but. He said, look, it wasn't an important competition and nobody was fooled that it was an important competition. But when Forrest won it, they were absolutely delighted because he said it was winning something. And he said, and that experience of winning something and having to close something out and go and, you know, and win a match to get a trophy, that was a huge thing for them psychologically. And that's what I'm hoping to take out the petrol fact. I don't expect, you know, we are not going to be turning around in 25 years going, ha, oh, mind the petrol fact, or having dinners for the petrol fact winning team. But it was important to go to a cup final with all the attendant, you know, coverage, all the attendant stuff, 45,000 expectant fans there, and to deliver it so professionally, to just say, right, okay, we're going to go and we're going to do the job with a minimum of fuss, which they did. At no point did we ever look like we were going to lose the match. It was just a very straightforward, right, we're here to win the trophy, we'll win the trophy, give us it, we'll celebrate, we're off ski. And that builds the mentality into the players because moving forward, that's the mentality that to play for Rangers they'll need to have. I think if, if from a selfish perspective, I think if you were ever going to have a game in between uh, a game where you win the championship and also when you had to play your closest rivals in a semi-final of the Scottish Cup, a cup final is the perfect way to do it. Yeah. And, uh, no, you're absolutely right. And I think it's also good because it's given us the opportunity to get to Hamden. Um, it's given... And this is going to sound really disrespectful, but I think you know what I mean when I say a dry run. Yeah, it was a practice. In terms of going out to be able to do it. And that sounds... I, I hate this idea of being kind of, you know, swaggering. All right, you don't strut. That's the bottom line. However, I think it gave us the opportunity to go against... Um, a, a, a team who could have, you know, done well in the day and all that kind of stuff. They could have been an upset and all that. Fortunately, we 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 were pretty, um, pretty rampant throughout. Uh, it's given us the opportunity to get some of these players who have never even played a hand in. Some of them might not have played in a cup final and all that kind of stuff as well. That opportunity because because say what you will about Sunday and it's just going to get 
you know, even more um, feverish as we get closer to, to, to the, the, the day. But Sunday's a cup final. Let's make no mistake about that. Yeah. I mean, I could not care who we play in the, in the I mean, obviously, I hope we play Dundee United because I'd love to smash them. Um, but the thing is, if we were to get through it, uh, Sunday's a cup final. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, totally. Now, before we come to that, uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Firstly, players that you'd like to mention for their contribution over the season and uh, who who you think are, are going to be important players for this moving forward. Tavernier, for probably the, the, the dynamic that he adds in terms of being able to try and come forward. I think Wallace for leadership. Mackay for ingenuity. Forrester for being stunning. So handsome. Beautiful, got uh, basically can play in world football today. Don't know if you saw that. Uh, uh, he deserves it. I mean, he's 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 magnificent, isn't he? He's yeah. the type of guy, right? That Greek statue builders would have looked at and went, "Get me some marble." Do you know the bit in the Godfather when Al Pacino sees he's, he he goes to Sicily because he's on he's on the oh, run? Oh, I know that bit. Apollonia, and, and, he, and he sees Apollonia for the first time, oh, and yeah. his two bodyguards are like he's been hit by the thunderbolt. Yeah, imagine getting that. 50,000 fans looking at you going, you'd get pumped. Oh, definitely. And I know that you've seen the photo on Twitter of him as a wee lad at some disco or whatever with Rangers top on and stuff. If you watch that, if you look at that photo quite closely, there's two birds in the background looking at him. Yeah. And he was about six. Yeah. He's so oh, handsome. He's just gorgeous. Anyway, um, and uh, Halliday for staunch. Yeah, Halliday's a staunch. Guys I'd like to pick out, mention, I think you, you actually had a really good point there because, you know, towards the end of the season there's been up and downs with him, but Tavernier in those early weeks of the season was emblematic of the side. Here was this guy who was just full of verb, going up and down the wing, scoring goals, and he was important, you know, not, well, yeah, for what he did in the pitch, but also for what he represented to people. He was just the diametric opposition of the shite we'd had to watch previously, you know. Here was this young guy, full of drive, full of energy, who wanted to make things happen. Previously in that position had been Richard Foster or Seb Four. Yeah. So that was, was hugely important. Guys I like to pick out, Jason Holt, who I think is tremendous, just a fantastic work rate, excellent touch, really intelligent footballer. Lee Wallace, obviously, you know, the skipper, he's done really well and, and I think, you know, there's always going to be a fondness for Lee Wallace because of the whole, you know, part in the journey, such as it was. And uh Mackay is a good shout. Waghorn have to have to see being a terrific player and a big mess and I'm looking forward to seeing him back in next season. Uh, but I'd also like to mention Kenny Miller. I knew you were gonna say Kenny Miller. Knew you were gonna say Kenny Miller. Um listen, start of the season I didn't see him feature and then he had a few cameo roles as a sub and I said, oh, okay, maybe he's found his you know, we can use him as a sub or whatever. But the last three months he has been fantastic. Not only as a as a link up player, as a leader on the part, but he's been scoring goals, important goals, um, for the playing the ninety minutes. You know he's not been one of the guys that's been flagging and need to come off after sixty. The, the guy's just been terrific. So what what I will get right? So how do I put this diplomatically? Um, Kenny Miller, Kenny Miller, from a technique perspective, is not a good footballer. No, he's not. However, from his work rate, probably within the last three months. The biggest compliment I can give him is has has won his games. Yeah, that's the bottom line, and it's also put in a degree of um, structure 
when we were at a very cautious point in the season where potentially we could have wavered off track and, and we've done that before. Mm-hmm. And I think that Miller's work rate actually showed, irrespective of his age, because he's got 10 years, if not more, than some of the players that he's playing alongside. Yeah, he does. Um, in actual fact, means that irrespective of how old your legs are, in actual fact, you know, if you've got a tank, you continue to run for the team. Now, that is, is something which I... I Cannot applaud him more for. Mm. I think that's absolutely phenomenal. And as far as I'm concerned, every guy in that park should run until their feet bleed. And Miller's been the epitome of that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. I would, I would um, agree with you about the, the technique thing. Um, in many ways, he's what I would describe as a Scots cock of a football. <laughs> a footballer. In that Scott, nothing to write home about. When you look at it, you're unimpressed. But he's got two kids. So he's capable of producing the goods. Yeah, so so clearly it works, you know. Um, you, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, take it to places and say this is the textbook penis. But it's clearly got the job. And, and Kenny Miller's a bit like that. Um, also, I just think, as you say, his professionalism, his, his standards, his enthusiasm. So he does deserve a bit of praise. But let's never forget, of course, that he did play for Celtic. No, and, 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 and you can't get away from that. You can't, no. So, uh, and people might think, oh, you're being that. No, no, you know. Do you know the, the, the comparison I would make is he is the polar opposite to Chris Boyd? Yes. Boyd didn't run. However, give him a chance within 18. Yards, he will finish that ball. Yes, Miller will run everywhere. However, if he was through one on one with the goalkeeper and beat the goalkeeper, I would still, if you were to pause it there, a la equation of sport, I would still wonder as to whether or not he could finish it or not. That, yes. That's that's exactly what it's like. Boyd was a certainty in the box. Miller, 78 touches later, maybe he'll have a shot at goal. Yeah. But as you say, I think that the guy has been has been really good for us within the last few months. You know my feelings towards him. That's hard for me to say. Uh, but again, like I say, hopefully, if there's a role for him at Rangers at some point post promotion, whether or not that's playing, I don't know. That's my concern. If how he'll do against you know the the, the kind of slightly tougher opposition on a more frequent basis, given his age, given what he's doing and all that. Um, but it reverts back to the point I made earlier on about the injury aspect. We've not we've not missed Wycon terribly. When he, he was a very important player for his, player for his right up to his injury. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, no, he does. He, he he deserves a lot of credit, Kenny Miller. And I think that Warburton clearly rates him as a bloke as well. Um, obviously, nobody's shown him a photo of him in a Celtic top yet. No, it's like the the, the thing that no one discusses. Yeah, isn't right. it? Does he think Mark maybe just doesn't he know? And he's kind of heard a rumor, and he's went, "No, he can't." He? Yeah, exactly. Can't it's like uh, if you all know that somebody's. Like pumped your mate's wife or something like that. Uh-huh. Like no one, nobody no one talks about it. it. Yeah. No, it's like the the verboten subject. Yeah. So that's probably what's happened with it. Like, I would imagine that some of the the, the pranksters of that, like probably like Tavernier, and that probably would have been uh, let's put up a photo of it in the dressing room and Lee Wallace has ripped it down or something like yeah. before the gaffers walked in or something. Do you know what I mean? That's no, what you're, I can, you're can right see. enough. Speaking of that, how is your wife? I've not seen her since. I uh, know she's good. She's asking after. Yeah, good. Um, right, Hibs. Listen, people have asked The water has left my body from crying with laughter People have said, right, you know, oh, your rivalry with Hibs and blah blah And I kind of talked it down and everything, right But they were the ones that made it, you know, they, they, were, they were the nippy ones They were the ones that made it a thing Alan Stubbs, I mean, he talked the talk but in December, that guy was giving an interview every 16 minutes, right? And 
always about us, all the time about us. And it's like, all right then, you you want to come on here and be be the big man, and you want to, your team better, better be able to to to, to match your words and. Uh, so spectacular. Now we speak um, tonight as, as, as Cammy and I are talking. Hibs were 2-0 up against Falkirk um, who were down to 10 men with 3 minutes to go and drew 2 each. Now I think it's because the term Hibs it has you know, become into play this season because we're referring to it. By the way Hearts fans you've been talking about this for 100 years nobody noticed. We talk about it for 6 months. Uh, it's a worldwide phenomenon being applied to golfers. Know your role and shut your mouth. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I think that Hibs have looked at, you know, the Jordan Spee stuff and thought, no, 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 we Hibs it, right? And this is how you do it. Because I just think they're showing off now. Uh, I mentioned I mentioned Alex Ferguson before, and one of the one of the great the great traits of Alex Ferguson was that he would absolutely talk his team up. And with absolute, but the thing is, though, um, unlike Alan Stubbs, his team have actually backed up what he said. So he's done the talk the talk, and his team could walk the walk. Stubbs um, and his nasally Scouse accent, which I'm no doubt I'm going to hear pretty soon. Um, and I go talked talked about it, uh, and his players have just let him down spectacularly. Even Stokes, who was supposed to be the the the, the nail in our uh, championship bid coffin. Uh, was apparently meant to be coming in to galvanise that team, and he's been woeful. No, God, I don't And clearly has caused. Do you know? I mean, if you wanted to to draw a graph from the Hibs collapse, it's been the moment that he showed up into into the dressing room, and you, you don't want to put all the blame on him because a lot of it's going to go to Stubbs. But um, no, that I like. I say at the start of the season. It's good, we've got a bit of competition, but honest to Christ, we would draw a game and he would pop up in the papers going, oh aye, they're, they're bottling it now, and you're like, aye, alright. Um, and also this run that they were on, where they were winning games 1-0 and everybody's going, oh, fantastic, and I'm like, okay, but if you hit a bad, when we're winning games, you know, 3-1, if we hit a bad run, we'll probably still go over the line, which is exactly what happened. When they hit a bad run, they were done. And... You know, the, the collapse, it is a bottle. It is a bottle issue. And I, somebody had compared him um, to Tommy Burns in the 90s. And I just think it's such an apt comparison. He over-emotional, can't, talented football manager, can spot a player, but gets too caught up in it, can't detach. And then somebody who's got that more clinical way of analysing it, as Walter had in the 90s and his, his, uh, Mark Warburton has now, will be able to pick him off. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, and and I think it probably similar to to the Smith Burns comparison, and also Warburton and uh, Stubbs this season is probably more around the fact that I think Stubbs did a lot to try and bait us publicly. I think that I mean the Scott Allen transfer and all that to one side and stuff. Um, he, he tried to call us out almost, and we just never rose to it. And I don't think so. I personally speaking from from. I don't think Burns was that provocative, but he no, I was absolutely Burns... what he what his heart in his sleeve in terms of what he thought, and he spoke about us a lot yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah, Burns wasn't provocative, but you could tell he was desperate to. Oh, actually, he wanted it. Funnily yeah. enough, I remember in the Vim Jansen, your Alan Stubbs saying um, he's a lot calmer um, when Tommy was here. It was you've got to beat Rangers. Rangers are coming up in three weeks. You've got to beat Rangers, and he says, and we and Alan Stubbs said this. We couldn't see the wood for the trees, and yeah. that, yet. Having known that as a player, he's gone exactly the other way as a manager and done exactly the failing that he had identified in his manager. Uh, and I think that 
it, it's it's been interesting to watch that he has really clammed up within within probably the last six weeks or so when he's realised the dip that they're kind of going through. Because Hibs fans now, if you look in social media and stuff as well, Hibs fans now aren't buying this any longer. I think it, to begin with, they, they lapped up. They, they really enjoyed him almost creating this idea that Hearts are gone, so therefore we'll now default to Rangers as our closest rivals and we'll start a bit of back and forth with them and stuff. We never really rose to it. I think obviously the six two games we spoke about before really, you know, clamped them to begin with. But even now Hibs fans are starting to realise actually what happens if we're in the championship again for the next season. Well, you, you can't see them holding on to the, the players because even if, if the finances, which I doubt, then I can't see somebody like Cummings wanting to play another year in the in the Scottish Championship. No, I don't think he wants to play there now. Jimmy yeah, doesn't. He's, exactly. I mean, well, I he hasn't been for the last few weeks. <laughs> I know. In all but, uh, so I, I was working at the, the Alloa Hibs game last Saturday, and the one thing that I can see that's pretty rife throughout that team is there's maybe two, maybe three players who are really trying at the moment, and the rest is just general apathy. The rest just want the season to be done. Yeah. And if you were to say to them, "Give us third spot." And then let's focus in the playoffs to take the drop your hand off for it. Not because they think that they're good, they just want the season to be done. See, because you, they realise it's not there any longer. Do you mean they just realise there's no energy at all? Yeah, you uh, you, you called it on Saturday because you text me like five minutes into that game and saying Alloa are going to win. Like, uh, Livingston are going to win, sorry. No, it was Alloa, wasn't it? It was, it was Alloa, 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 Alloa. And you, you said five minutes in, text arrives. And I have to give Cameron his due here. He he texted me and he said they're going to get beat today. He says they are not up for this at all. And you know, sure as fate. And and it's and that's and fundamentally that's what it is. Now we and again it does dial back to what we said beforehand. I know I keep going back to kind of things that we've already spoken about, but one of the things that we've said was we've maintained the focus, irrespective of how close we have been to the line, irrespective of how close we've been to achieving a championship win and getting that title under our belt. We have maintained a focus, and that has been steadfast. Watching Hibs last week as well, they are done. They are a busted flush, as I say. It, last night, it obviously surprised me. I, I mean, I got home and I, I saw it was like 85 minutes going or whatever. They were 2 0 up, and I thought, and they were obviously playing against 10 men. And I thought, all right, well, they've maybe turned it around and they might be trying to do a last hurrah before we get to the, the, the real cup, final few games of the season. Um, but I don't think anyone was surprised when they saw the final score. Yeah, I mean, it's you can say bloody hell, but you don't go fall down shock. Yeah, exactly. You know, because they've um, done it so and, often. Yeah, and it, 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 sounds, it sounds a bit mercenary, but you would also think as well, if some of these players like Cummings are planning on, you know, not facing another season in the Championship, these guys should be trying their damnedest to try and put themselves in the shop window to try and orchestrate a move. And as I say, even in Saturday, and, and it's been replicated by some of the comments I've seen in social media, obviously having to have to stay in Livingston. There's obviously a lot of my kind of network now, or like Hibs and Hearts fans, whatever. Even on my Facebook, with Hibs fans that I know, and guys who are pretty, pretty you know, loyal to the following, like, you know, they go home and away and all that, even they are now turning around and going, this is absolutely diabolical. Players are not trying, managers are not trying, um, you know, they are done. Yeah, and it does look like they've given up for the season. Although I dare say they'll raise themselves to play us. I'm a tad worried about the guard of honour, though. I think they'll form it fine, and then at the last minute collapse and potentially injure one or two of our players. So that's a that's a concern. I do want to give a bit of credit to a Hibs fan who posted on or who tweeted on Twitter rather last night. He said, being a Hibs fan is a bit like being a self harmer, except nobody asks, "Are you okay?" They just take the piss. 
<laughs> so it is, it is kind of true. Right, um, moving on then, um, just before we wrap up for this week, uh, moving on, we have a game on Sunday. I'm sure people have, have heard about it. And uh, there's no point trying to talk it down. It's, it's a big match. It's a um, Rangers versus Celtic. Not for them. Not for them. Not a big match for them. Uh, Against a team of newbies. A, team, a new team that they've only played twice. And, and yet it's the only time this season where they've had a ticket scramble, which is, which is odd. But fair play to them for supporting a new club in Scotland. And actually, that, that, that tails into my point, Cameron. See, after the last four years, losing a cup semi-final to Celtic isn't the end of the world for us. Oh, Harton, we'd rather, we'd rather win. But after what we've gone through, our worst day's been. Their worst day's yet to come, and they know it. And they know that it, it, it looms over in this dark shadow that we are going to win the league. We're going to beat them first of all. That's the first one, right? Might not be Sunday, by the way, but we're going to beat them at some point. And then we're going to win the title at some point. And they know that nothing that happened to us between then and now is going to be as bad as what's happened to us before. So we've come through all of that. Whereas they know that the worst is yet to happen to them. We've had all these boots in the balls. They can just see this enormous dangling foot and they don't know when it's coming, but they know that it will, and they know that no matter how much they tense up, their boys are getting booted right to the back of their throats. So so there's a couple of points in this for me. Um, the, the, the first one was when, when we got put into, into uh, the, the second division, obviously League 2 rather than you know, the bottom division. At that point, I said, I don't want to play Celtic until we're back in the SPL. Um, because, and, I'm gonna, and I will be honest, I was like, if we're talking about potential major asset stripping, if we're talking about getting rid of all of our best players, because we were very much in an ocean of uncertainty at that point, I was like, do you know what I'm terrified about? Getting them in the early stages of the cup, because we'll probably get put out in the last stage. So, you know, we'll, we'll, if we get them in the early stages of the cup, they could annihilate us. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about double figures. And that, for me, was a huge worry. Oh. Obviously, that never happened until until last season, and, and last season was was two 0 going on six. All right, they had other gears that they could have went into. We were done right by by. No, we were, we were, nobody expected us to win. No, there was a reason for that. Now, the second point to this is that I also my, my other concern, as I say, when when we started on our on our journey, as, as we've talked about, was that Celtic had a significant opportunity for the first time in both of our histories that they could have went light years in front of us as a, as a superpower in Scotland, mm-hmm. where they could have invested time and effort and money in an infrastructure that would have been untouchable by Rangers as we were having to progress back up through the ranks, where they could have went so far in front of us that you're talking about generations of supporters going straight to that club because of, of, of where they had put themselves. And they've failed They've absolutely failed dismally. Now you know and I know that there's there's this wonderful facade that Celtic fans have around new club, zombies, jailing, all that pish. But they know in their heart of hearts, in their hovels, when they're sitting alone in the dark, reading the Beano by candlelight, they know that it's the same thing. But for me, what must really, really hurt them is the fact that we play them on Sunday, having been away for four years, and it, it potentially could be a coin toss in terms of who comes out of it. 
that should be such a foregone conclusion given the space that they've had that it actually shows as a club how they've had no progression whatsoever, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a fair argument to say that, yeah, they could have done, went in Europe and all that kind of stuff as well. They were never, ever, shy of a billion pound investment and Jose Mourinho coming to them, they were never, ever going to make a huge impact in, in Europe. But in actual fact, they've, they've, they've probably been as, as comical as they were when we were playing in the top flight, if not even more so, considering how many times they get put in a season. Oh, yeah. Uh, up until about a month or so ago, they were all screaming for, for Dyla's head because they don't believe in him. He's managed to get some results. Aberdeen have shot themselves, so they're going to win the league. But now, obviously, all of a sudden, that the zombies are around the corner. Everyone get behind Ronnie. Let's see the Ronnie Rowers. Uh, you know, let's all get behind the team and get all that stuff. It's hilarious watching them regroup because they're going to play a team that, as far as they're concerned, um, haven't even been around as long as East Kilbride. So, why is there all this fervour? Why is there all this, um, you know, excitement from their side in terms of playing against this? Well, that's um, exactly it. It's like, you judge people in this life by their actions, not their words. And Celtic supporters who play the new card, uh, the new club card and talk about zombies and all the rest of it and Sevco and whatnot, your actions don't meet up with that, boys, you know? The obsession, the constant monitoring of us, the 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 going to every to scanning social media to post their deed underneath every single thing, and that was why they shot themselves and or you know shot their knickers and into such a, a a big claggy mess when all the congratulations poured in from people around the world about Rangers because they're realising that their attempt to form the narrative and the narrative that they want people to embrace has failed. The the world does not look at Rangers and go, oh, it's a new club who were formed. The world has looked, uh, and you could see this from the reaction, they've gone, Here's this world famous club who hit on terrible times and went down to you know the bottom division first time in history and their fans remarkably stuck through them through it all and then you know there were the you know the, the crooks involved and the fans are still there and now they've come through it and they're about to go back and they see this wonderful romantic story. It's a sob story, isn't it? yeah, yeah, and they see this with the you know the happy ending and the the Celtic fans are looking at this and going. No, but wait a minute, we've been spending four years telling you, you know, their deed, and it's like, yeah, you've been telling us their deed, but you're, you're not acting like it, and that's it. People judge you on your actions, not your words. And what has happened here is the world has gone, God, look at it, well done Rangers, well done Rangers fans for doing this. And no amount of crowdfunded adverts or hanging about social media 24 hours a day to, to find any mention of the word Rangers and post, there's no Rangers there, deed is going to change it. It makes you look like a tit. And that is what has happened. Now, Celtic are the favourites on Sunday. Celtic will probably beat us on Sunday because they have better players. That's just a fact. Um, but, but, if they do, they know they're just postponing what's coming. And if we win... That nightmare comes ever closer. My head says Celtic will win on Sunday. My heart says Rangers will win on Sunday. I, I hope my heart is right. However, if it's not, okay, we'll regroup. We've still had a good season. We'll come back next year. And do you know what, Cammy? Celtic might win the league next year. And they might win the league after that. But then we will win it. And when we do, Christ, the reaction from so- that lot is going to be astonishing. 
So I'll I'll be honest with you. I think you're being quite gracious with your your forecast because for me Sunday Sunday is the ultimate win-win scenario for us. If ever we had into uh, an old firm game, it is the win-win scenario for us. So if they beat us, Ronnie stays, and they have and you've seen this. You have, will have seen that they are close to the car park. Oh yeah, they are not impressed. Um, and and I think, as I say, when that league becomes more difficult because we're in it next season and you don't have the pressure from Hearts and Aberdeen on their own, it's actually now at least the three of us, if Hearts and Aberdeen are able to maintain it next season. Not only that, um, but if it's the case that we lose, uh, or sorry, if we if we win on Sunday, beg your pardon, if we win on Sunday, we've beaten them from a lower division, which is bragging rights, which we'll have forever, and also, uh, if he if he gets parked out of the way of them as well, all of a sudden it will be an implosion, and we do enjoy a good Tim implosion. We do. Um, but again, like there's there's no there's no there's no nightmare scenario for me out of this. As I said to you before, I was really worried as a as a weaker team as we we were three four years ago. Um, if we'd played them, uh, and they were probably stronger back then as well. Oh, they were. Uh, they, 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 we we not even we, we could have. We we could have we could have been on the end of a severe pumping. Do I think we'll win on Sunday? I don't know, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. Pragmatically, I think that it will be very difficult for us to be able to try and get a win. Um, I do believe that they will be up for it. I think that pretty much now it's the only thing that they've got left to fight for because the league's more or less in the bag. Um, I'd be interested to see their reaction if we were to go a goal up. Absolutely. Because I would want to see as to whether or not they would scramble or whether or not they would galvanise or what would happen. When you, when you talk about the last time we played them <coughs> at Hamden, if we had scored early, I genuinely think they still would have come behind to beat us. Oh, yeah. They now, been, yeah, yeah. now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anyone near as, as, as sure as that. Yeah, I, th- I um, think first goal on Sunday is absolutely crucial. And, um, and, and again, to have more confidence in us being able to, to, to regroup if we were to concede early, yeah, I do. Because I think, like you say, we've, we've done it already this season against teams that are a lot worse than Celtic. Yeah. Um, so if I was Warburton, if I was Weir, I would tell them, listen, there's no pressure on you. No. There's none. Of course we want to win it. We're Rangers, we want to win every match, irrespective of the opposition. Just go and enjoy it. Just go and play the football that you played that's won you championships and yeah, won you the Petrified Cup and all that. Okay, there may not be a huge amount of bells and whistles on that. But just actually go and enjoy it because, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. That being said, what I hope Davy Weir says is if we concede a goal early, get everyone injured. Mm-hmm. Smash the hell out of them, and we'll just play the youths for the rest of the season while you're serving out your bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break, break them. Yeah, uh, absolutely annihilate them. Yeah, I'd like to think I'm bigger than that, but uh, I know I'm not, I, I know I'm not. I know I'd be lying. I'd like yeah. to think that, but uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be true. Okay, though, um, that's everything then from us. We'll be back next week to analyse what happened at Hamden. Hopefully, it'll be good news. But uh, as I say, if not, you know, remember, we nearly didn't have a club. We do have a club, and we're still the people. Uh, you can get in touch with us by emailing uh, ibroxrocks at playbackmedia.co.uk, by visiting us on Facebook, just search for Hamden Hand podcast or by uh, following me on Twitter which is at Ibrox Rocks or Cameron I believe they can contact you on the Twitter machine uh, uh, Beat That Beat uh, Beat That Beat so that's a nice simple one for you to remember uh, ok then uh, Cami thank you very much David it's a pleasure as always my friend uh, I'd just like to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee Mr Paul Miles our sound engineer Mr Charlie Ashworth and uh, you guys for your patience this season and for listening enjoy Sunday keep the heat and we'll talk to you again this time next week cheers bye Thank you.
Podcast Network.